We're going to start today's episode with a little what's hot, what's not with Matt Taylor from MJT Hospitality. Matt, what are some of the challenges that you see independent restaurants might be facing in 2024? Well, I know if you're a restaurant tour listening to this right now, it's one word, cost. Everything is more expensive. How do we control costs and keep our menu prices at an attractive price point for our guests? Um, this is going to take some really selective, really creative problem solving in the world of costing, recipes, and training. One of the things that I'm always encouraging restaurateurs to do before you start to think about cutting costs or changing your menu price, look at your training programs. Let's take care of our restaurant workers and make sure that everybody is humming at optimal speed. And I promise we're going to get through it. I love it. Thanks for the insight, Matt. Now let's get to the episode. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling 1-800-414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and it takes a lot of drive to open and operate a restaurant between the long hours and the low profit margins and at times, difficult customers, you have to have a real passion to bring a restaurant to life and then keep it going. I've found that most successful restaurants have a chef and owners whose background is deeply rooted in the cuisine. And that is definitely true of my guests today. These two have just a very, very long-standing history with lobster rolls and New England fare, and now they are bringing it to their restaurant, Sandpoint. Uh, my guests today, John and Bonnie Taylor, the owners of Sandpoint. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, to one of you, at least, I should say welcome back to the show, and that would be John. <laughs> you came on a couple years ago to talk about your food truck, uh, Modern Waffle, which you still operate, and now you have another food truck, Three Kids Lobster, and now you have a restaurant. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into all that, but I want to start with Sandpoint, and I know that it is deeply rooted in a family history and i think that's what makes it so special to you guys but when you're talking to somebody and they haven't heard about sandpoint or maybe they come into sandpoint for the first time how do you describe the restaurant to someone no you go ahead i um i uh describe it as uh we're new england fair 
has a very special, wonderful flavor profile uh, for a lot of Omaha folks who haven't been to New England. It's really different. They might uh, think that... Um, it's going to be spicy like a lot of the other places. Uh, New England is not spicy, but very, very flavorful. We also want a place that is upscale food, but anybody feels comfortable and welcome to come on in. Uh, we have a beautiful restaurant, I think, and most people are, are very, very comfortable there. We want them to have a great experience with service, wonderful food, um, we, I, I guess I've said this before. I, we just kind of like people to be able to come in and go and just be able to relax and enjoy their time there away from all the stress of work and family and those things. Yeah. Um, I also tend to tell people about our family history with this cuisine and how growing up I spent... A lot of time going out to Cape Cod and Bar Harbor up in Maine visiting my family and that some of my absolute best memories all center around this cuisine, whether it's the whole extended family getting together around this giant table in Cape Cod and having lobster um, or going out to this special place on the end of the Cape to get lobster rolls or uh Clams, steamers, just getting down on them and, and all the eating little way boys. too many of them before anybody else gets a chance. Uh, and all the little boys crabbing. Yep, yep, going crabbing. At the ba- in the bay. And, mm-hmm. and our, our family, our extended family on both sides are from um, New England. Uh, my husband, Chris, another one of our partners, his family is all there. And that's why the kids, uh, we went to uh, Cape Cod and Mount Desert Island for about two months every summer when they were growing up. But my family is also from very rural Maine. My grandparents, my grandfather and his brothers went from very rural Maine in the wilderness to Tacoma and then what went up to the Klondike and had a um, a gold strike. Oh, wow. And they left my grandmother in Tacoma, and that's how our little part of the Calligans wound up in Washington State instead of New England. But there's always been a, it, there's always been a connection. See, this is, this is exactly what I was talking about in the intro, in that, that you guys have such a strong connection. You want to represent this food in a good way. You're not going to give, like, if you're bringing this to Omaha and people are experiencing it for the first time, there's not a lot of places in Omaha to get New England fare or lobster right. rolls or anything like that. If someone's experiencing it, you don't want to give them a C-plus version of it. You want You want to say, no, 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 no. This is what I remember. This is why I love this food. I want to, like, I have these special memories of it. I can't give you my exact memories. I can't take you out to Cape Cod and and have you go to the end of the dock and get a lobster roll. But here's the best version of that that I can give to you. And I think that's, I mean, that that's that passion that I'm talking about, right? Oh, I love it. I, I really do. I love, love this restaurant. And that's why I talk about, our family history with the guests because I want them to understand I'm trying to give them a space to create their own memories around this food that are just as special to them as they are to me. And, um, 
I, I just, I love it. So, <laughs> And we have a lot of people who come in. There are New England transplants here in uh, Omaha, and a lot of folks who have recently been up to the National Park, up to Acadia. And so we have a lot of uh, beautiful pictures of New England, and uh, they always say, I was there. You know, I was at the Bass Lighthouse three months ago. And so then they talk about the food that they had, and I said, well, what do you think? And they said, this is awesome. We love this food. So it, it brings their memories back, too. What is it like to get those comments when you're when somebody from the area is telling you, yes, this is this is what I remember. This is comforting. This is home. What does that feel like for you guys? It feels like success. It's exactly what we're trying to do. It means we're representing this cuisine in a really authentic way, getting the quality that we're shooting for. And the people who really know it and love it are saying, yes, this is it. This is what. This is what I was hoping it would be, and it's an amazing feeling because it really means we're we're doing what we're setting out to do. It's I, I just love it, and we work really hard to get the best product that we can get. It's not always easy to uh, to get a good uh, North Atlantic seafood in Omaha, and we have customers who ask for specific things. We've had whole belly clams, which if you're from New England, you know that. Most people who haven't been there know clam strips, and they really like those. But it took us a year to be able to find a vendor that we could really count on for very, very fresh whole belly clams. Mm-hmm. That's just one thing. We just did uh, lobsters on the half shell. I'm not lobsters. Oysters. Oysters on the half shell, too. And that took us a while we wanted to make sure that we could get the best and oh sorry go ahead go um, ahead on oysters that's something you know we ran it for a week as a special but a lot of our specials are us getting the logistics down seeing if this is a viable option to expand and grow and have a more permanent place on our menu so we're hoping to get the oysters nailed down to a point where we can have say in the oyster bar and really have amazing fresh with a wide variety and all the things so we're always working to grow that uh logistical side of it so that we can bring even more even better stuff that's a point that i want to get back to real quick but before we do it just if somebody's listening to this and they're just like i i gotta try this Sandpoint, located off 114th and Dodge, just north of 114th and Dodge, kind of in that um, nice strip mall area. There's several great restaurants in there, so that that's where you can find this awesome food. I wanted to ask you, though, because the idea of getting, like, fresh-tasting seafood in the middle of the country, <laughs> I, I know that there are other restaurants in Omaha that do it well, but still, like, in my mind, that just feels impossible and you just kind of talked about the difficulty of finding vendors and being able to source quality products how were you able to establish those relationships and find a way to serve seafood that tastes super fresh even though we're hundreds of miles from where these animals are actually being caught it's been a process um (laughs) you know that we started with three kids lobster and we really spent but a lot of time and money getting trying everything we could possibly get our hands on in terms of that one product just lobster what is the best lobster we can get here and 
that was kind of how we got our toe in the door. And once we kind of figured out a little bit of the logistics behind it, then we were able to really uh, grow that partnership with our vendors. And now they've got they they're continually opening new doors for opening new doors for us. Uh, we've got an incredibly dedicated team of sales reps from the various companies. Um, uh, Mike Cook in particular with Cisco has been an enormous help to us and has bent over backwards to make sure we're getting what we're shooting for. And he has had to deal with me and I'm so incredibly picky. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's really met those expectations and been able to help us to continue to grow and continue to find new avenues that we can go down. Um, and so we serve the, the highest uh, quality lobster that you can get here. And we had to cultivate that because they didn't have enough for us just for three kids lobster. And so for a while, it was really hard to keep up with the demand that we had. But now um, they are much more willing to work with us with uh, more esoteric things because they know that we really follow through. This is not going to be, uh, you know, uh, going down a rabbit hole for them. It's, uh, it's going to pay off for everybody. It's, that's another thing is working with these vendors, a lot of people... Um, I know they expect kind of a one-way relationship here. I'm paying you to do a job, get me my product. And it's not the best way to approach that is very reciprocal. You know, it's, you're really bending over backwards for me and I'm going to make sure I'm hitting the goals that we set forth and I'm ordering the quantity and I'm doing the marketing and I'm doing all the things I can to sell this product so that you get a return on that time you're putting in to get me this weird product that nobody in Omaha has ever gotten before. Um, so it's, it's really a two way street and that respect goes both ways. Um, and so it's, it's a relationship like any other that takes a lot of work, but is well worth it in the end. It is paying off for you guys. There's no doubt about that. But you do more than seafood, and I think that's something that is very interesting about your restaurant is that when someone thinks New England fare, I think that they think a lot of the things that you guys have mentioned so far, lobster and lobster rolls and steamers and you know oysters, things like that. But you guys also have beef on your menu and chicken and, and pastas and stuff like that. When you were conceptualizing the restaurant and how you wanted to bring Sandpoint to life, how did you come to the just the idea that we want to take this that we have as, as our memory, but we also have to meld it with the Midwest. We have to give people something that they're familiar with. H how did you kind of bring those two ideas together? Well, uh, it took a lot of work and a lot of back and forth. Um, I met with my three wonderful business partners who are my, my mom here, my wife and my dad. And we met, just so many times and just discussed this dish and that dish and this direction and that direction and the atmosphere we were trying to create, how elevated is the plating going to be? How is the, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and in the end, one of the things that was really important to me as I was designing the original menu was having that balance because New England has a lot of landmass. It's not just 
ocean. Right. Uh, there's there's a lot of incredible dishes there, and there are wonderful influences throughout New England's history. I mean, you've got French and Dutch and English and Irish and you name it. And Portuguese. There are, yes, Big Portuguese huge. influence in Massachusetts. Really? Mm-hmm. I would fi- not have guessed that. The fishing fleet was very Portuguese, and so, yeah. Um, yeah. So... All these things come together and they create all these different avenues that stay true to what New England cuisine is, but they take it in a way that a lot of people in Omaha don't necessarily expect, like having beef on a menu. They think New England, oh, it must be shellfish, but they've got great steak. They've got great chicken. They've got great... you. All the same proteins that you get in a lot of other places. And they've done wonderful, unique things with these proteins in this cuisine that's grown uh, forever here in America. They're also really known for their apples. Yes, big time. And especially blueberries. blueberries, I mean, there's uh, one of the few places on the planet that you can get the wild blueberries that grow there. And they do grow wild. They can't be cultivated. So companies who raise them, they basically uh, purchase or lease the property where the blueberries naturally grow. Um, uh, There's just so much. They have wonderful bakeries. There's a big Italian influence. Um, So uh, it's... There's a lot to explore. See, I, I didn't even know that about the blueberries. And now just looking oh, at yeah. your menu real quick, you've got the blueberry pie with right. vanilla bean ice cream. I love that that's represented as well. So you guys, yes, you've got the you've got the seafood and the shellfish, but you're representing a lot more as well. I think mm-hmm. that that's, that's super cool. I just learned something. Thank and you, we Bonnie. have fluffernutters. Fluffernutters, too. You can't is mess that a, a fluffernutter. Is that a big New England thing as well? Yes, for kids. People who grew up there had fluffernutters uh, in their uh, lunch boxes when you went to school. And lots of adults remember that. But uh, lots of people come in and they are thrilled to see it. We just had it on our children's menu because it is like Texas toast, white bread with peanut butter and marshmallow fluff, and it is grilled, and it is really delicious. It kind of so we have a lot of adults who will order that for dessert. Yep, um, but it's special for the kids because they can order it for dinner. They don't have to wait for dessert. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, I remember growing up eating fluffernutters fluff all the time when I went out there. So, mm-hmm. so that's why it was just naturally. I didn't even think about it. I just threw it on the kids' menu. It's uh, got to be there, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's also really important to us that we represent these other sides, other facets of New England cuisine just as faithfully. So whether it's blueberries or apples or beef with our flank steak, our new flank steak is wonderful. Um, it is delicious. <laughs> or the, uh, the beef bolognese or any of these dishes, it is... We put just as much care into sourcing the product, into um, making sure that we are selling the best beef, the best chicken that we can get our hands on, um, and and treating it respectfully for what it is, you know. And we also really want a group, a family, to be able to come in and everybody enjoy. Because not everyone likes fish or shellfish. Uh, shellfish is, can be kind of strong for some folks. We have our own members in our family who uh, 
don't like lobster and yeah. don't like shrimp. And so... My poor brother. Yeah, your poor brother. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so we want there to be... We're not everything to all people, but we do want to have a variety on the menu so that people can feel comfortable in inviting uh, friends from the office or family members. We've really become a birthday place. Lots of people come to Sandpoint for birthdays and anniversaries and special celebrations, so... And uh, on that on that same note, we've got a lot of gluten free. We've got a lot of uh, vegetarian, less vegetarian, more gluten free. Um, but we do have those options for people, so that you know, we've got something for everybody that still stays in our our goal here. And we have a gluten free fryer, which is really oh, important. Fryer. We have a dedicated fryer for gluten free. So um, we've a lot of our customers have expressed appreciation about that. Yep. And so it is also worth noting, in terms of marrying Nebraska with New England cuisine, we have an incredible chef. And while I wrote the first menu, he made it reality. He actually looked at what I wanted to do. We had lots of conversation about what was the vision there. And he turned it into actual recipes, actual line work, actual training the staff. Um, Marcus Jones has been tremendous. Uh, I, I can't even express how thankful I am that we found Marcus. Um, and he actually designed our new menu that just launched January 1st. Um, that, that was all him, uh, which is which is wonderful to see that. Uh, it's just amazing, and so he he's born and born and raised here in Omaha, and so he um, he has a lot of insights into which New England dishes are really going to hit and which might be more of a miss, and how to make this the best representation we can. You know, mm-hmm. so. Shout out to Marcus. So now that we spent like five minutes talking about how your restaurant is so much more than seafood, I'm going to pull us all the way back and go in the seafood direction. Because I think we, I mean, we have to start with the lobster roll because that is the genesis of, you know, all of this, of, Mm -hmm. of the three kids lobster truck and then moving, you know, into the restaurant, I think. If you ask most people who've been to Sandpoint or know of Sandpoint, you know, what, what's the first thing you think of? I think they're going to say the lobster roll. Right. And I believe it on your website. It says that's your favorite food, John. So, I, Oh, I love the lobster roll. You, you do love the lobster oh, roll. I could eat. I did you do eat, eat. <laughs> one almost every day uh, for like a year. So, you know. I do not blame and you. I, I, I still remember. I So I do not have a lot of experience in the american northeast but i took a trip to boston gosh probably eight or nine years ago now and i remember we went to a harbor and i got a lobster roll and just said market price on the menu and i was like whatever i'm i'm here (laughs) like when in rome let's do this and it was like a 47 dollar lobster roll but it was worth it because it was so good and i've like i've been searching for that again and i i know that i'm not going to get that exact same flavor in Omaha. It's just not possible. But I've been searching and searching for that. And your role and Block 16's role are the only ones that have even come close to it. I go into that big story to ask this question. Like, as you know, you love lobster rolls. It's a huge part of your history. You want to show Omaha this is what a lobster roll really can be. 
as you're trying to build that and you're talking to all these different purveyors and trying to find the right, you know, source the right product, how much pressure did you feel that I've got to get this right? I need to nail this for people so they can understand why this food is so awesome. None. None. As weird as that is, uh, that thought didn't even occur to me, which is crazy. Um, because when we were first getting the lobster roll together, Three Kids Lobster wasn't going to be a whole nother truck. It wasn't going to be a long-term concept. It was going to be a one-weekend pop-up. Like, that's that was the goal. And it was really, I want, I could not find what I remembered here in Omaha. And either it was people were do, using a different kind of bread than I remembered or a different kind of meat or um, whatever the case may be. And I just couldn't find what I remembered. And I was like, I want, I want my lobster roll. <laughs> I want to eat it. Um, and you know what? If I want to eat it, I'm sure there's somebody out there who will eat it. And it'll be a fun change of pace for a weekend. And um, so the pressure wasn't nearly as much because I wasn't trying to represent a whole cuisine or like with Sam Point, we're really talking New England cuisine and there's a whole different kind of pressure there to represent that faithfully. With Three Kids Lobster, it was, I love this. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great and we're going to do it right. And so the driving force and motivation behind it was really m so much more internal and directed at me and what I wanted and what I liked and all of these things. And, um, so as weird as it is the just the lobster roll, if you had asked me about just about any other dish on the menu, I'd have a different answer. But with the lobster roll, that pressure really wasn't there because it was just about putting my favorite thing in the world out there, uh, and, and seeing who else wants to try it? That said, I cannot tell you how many rolls we tasted. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many different kinds of lobster from different uh, purveyors that we sampled. And um, so it, a lot of effort went into it. The pressure was, this is what I remember, and it's what I remember. And there was a very specific uh, lobster roll out on Cape Cod that we would drive. I would drive an hour to get them and bring them home for everybody. And when I say everybody, it would be like 25 of us for the whole family <laughs> at once. And, um, and so that's what he remembered. And trying to find that was not easy. So there, there was a lot of work that in, went into it, especially, funny thing to say, the roll itself. I was going to say the bread. The bread it's makes the bread. a huge difference. Yeah. And, um, and so getting that bread, because uh, there's lots of lobster rolls. Lots of people make lobster rolls. They're not necessarily New England. Um, and, but finding that and then being able to keep that because we, sometimes we can't get it. Yeah. And I am very picky when it comes to that lobster roll because it is such a specific vision I have in mind. And so, for instance, uh, my poor, poor purveyor, um, <laughs> the one bakery for whatever reason couldn't supply enough and so it was out but they have another bakery in another location and they sent the exact same thing up to me and I was like uh uh this isn't the same this isn't right it's a different texture it's a different 
flavor. It's a different. Blah, 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 blah. And my purveyor looked at me like I was insane. But it was true. It, yeah. It was true. They, you know, it's like two different bakers. You know, my mom and I, we would bake cookies, chocolate chip Toll House cookies. We would do it on the same day in the same kitchen, and they both came out different. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the way it was with this with this company. Mm-hmm. So, my poor vendors deal with me, but um, but it is it's very specific, and it's you know once we found out that Three Kids Lobster was successful, that there that people wanted that, then the pressure was on because then it's maintain the level of quality that I had set up to do, and I wasn't going to settle for anything less, and so. That's been an adventure, and uh, it's it means a lot of stress and and pressure, but it also means uh, whole new worlds of of products and things. Going back to your previous question, come up because they're like, okay, well, he knows what he wants, and he's not being mean to be mean. He just very much knows what he wants, um, and so so that. Builds a little bit of respect and those kinds of things. Anyway, I want to rewind a tiny bit. And Bonnie, you said you can't even imagine, like you can't put a number on how many different, you know, types of lobster mm-hmm. you tried, how many different rolls, everything. So, I mean, I imagine this is a very long process. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. If there's anyone I trust to know more about food than me, it's chefs. These people have dedicated their lives to learning about food, and they'll only serve the best of the best in their restaurants. So when you see certified Piedmontese beef on restaurant menus from Oregon to Hawaii to Florida and everywhere in between, you can rest assured this is a fantastic product. And while I love eating certified Piedmontese products in restaurants, it tastes great on your table, too. Place an order at CertifiedPiedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, to save 25%. You'll see why restaurants all over America are proud to put the Certified Piedmontese stamp on their menus. And now, back to my guest. What was that feeling like for you guys when you nailed it? When you when you created that lobster roll and you're just like, yep, this is it. Do you remember that moment? I do. Tell yeah, me about it. Go ahead. Me? Okay. Well, we, um, let's see. We had tried six different lobster rolls that day. <laughs> and oh I think it was about the fifth one. And I, and we're just sitting around my kitchen table, just chowing down on lobster rolls. And my wonderful daughter is just gobbling it up. It was amazing. Um, but about the fifth one, I bit into it and I was like, that's that's it this is it um and it was it it was amazing it was uh i just i fell in love with that lobster roll exactly the way it was exactly the way i made it that time and i um you know passed the platter around and and you can Talk about your experience. Well, that. he takes copious notes, so he knows which one it was. And uh, but it was the flavor, but it was also the texture, and that w- that's a big difference 
between the different um, grades and the different different types of lobster. So it was just that wonderful, wonderful sweet meat with just enough mayo just to hold it together mm-hmm. because we want the lobster to be the star. And we found the star lobster that day. It was the most expensive lobster, of course. Of course, yeah. And, uh, but um, we just really wanted to do it right. And if it was for a weekend, wonderful. But um, I've heard from lots and lots of people that they haven't had a true, authentic uh, lobster roll outside of New England until they came to to the truck. And now a lot of the truck folks have followed us to Sandpoint. So, um, yeah, it was it was exciting. And I think we knew we had it. Yeah, we knew we had it. I, I don't think the success was a big surprise because it was so good. Didn't know how many people in Omaha would like lobster. That was the big question, but not about the product. It was delicious. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next because, John, you said that this was going to be like a one-weekend pop-up, and now we're talking a couple years later. There's not only a food truck, but it's like one of the headliner items at a restaurant what was it about that weekend or Omaha's response or whatever that made you guys reevaluate and be like, wait a second, maybe we've got something here? Oh, we, uh, <laughs> it was a little, that was intense. Uh, so I was, I got there in the morning and there were already people waiting in line. Um, That's a good sign. Gosh, an hour and a half before we opened. That's an intimidating sign. <laughs> it was really intimidating. And I was just like, hey, how's it going? Can I help you with something? And they were like, oh, we're just waiting for three kids to open. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and, um, you know, we ended up with a line. Uh, we were parked on the front of the patio at Trucks and Taps. Um, and the line was all the way around the building, all the way to the road behind the building and it, when we opened. And it stayed that way until we sold out. Uh, we cow. did, oh gosh, 800 lobster rolls in six hours on that first day. <laughs> and I thought we, were, we had so much more lobster than we would ever need with that many lobster rolls. And... We just got slammed. And so I'm like frantically calling my vendor being like, okay, I need more for tomorrow. Cause I said I'd be open all weekend and da, 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 and trying to scramble and get it done. And so we totally got more product in. we got reprepped and the next day we sold out in two hours. <laughs> um, and then it was like, I think this is more than a one weekend thing. <laughs> well, we sold 10,000 lobster rolls in Omaha in a little more than 10 months. Goodness So gracious. we decided, yeah, Omaha folks like New England food. Yeah. So, so. And, and from that experience that was uh, on the food truck, we learned how many people are either New England transplants themselves or their spouses are or their extended family are. They've got these great memories. So... It, it really hit a, a chord with Omaha that I didn't even know was there until we we tried it. <laughs> so and that's the exciting thing is everybody has a story. And uh, the wonderful thing about being at the trucks for me and being in the restaurant is I get to hear everybody's stories. 
all these wonderful stories of family and vacations and um, growing up. And people love to share their stories. And that's another thing that I like about what we do is it's a place. We want to hear from people. And they love seeing our family pictures. As you know, we've got a whole, we've got a rogue's a rogues wall of family <laughs> pictures, mostly of the kids growing up up in Maine. But, um, but yeah. So clearly, that first weekend, you see there's a demand for this product. You open up the food truck, and you guys, you've had that running for a year and a half or two years now. I mean, it, it's been successful. At what point do the gears in your brain start turning, and you start thinking, okay? We've got these memories of this awesome food in New England. We love that food. Omahans clearly are digging the lobster roll. Maybe they dig everything else, too. At what point does, maybe not Sam point exactly, but the idea for a New England-themed restaurant enter your mind? Uh, Pretty quick. I mean, we've been... We hadn't really talked about doing a food truck until we owned one. Um, I mean, we talked about it for like a week and jumped in. Uh, (laughs) But we've been talking about doing something with food. We've been talking about doing a restaurant or um, Or many other other concepts over the last 12 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't completely out of left field. And... Finding that enthusiasm for this cuisine, finding that enthusiasm for this product really helped to direct that big picture generic dream of wouldn't it be cool to have a restaurant one day um, into, you know, this this is probably what we should do the restaurant with. So I'd say we opened June 29th, I think, and by the food truck, the three, food, kids. three kids food truck. Yeah. Um, by, I want to say October of that year, we had really started talking about how much money is it going to take? How are we going to do this? What are all the logistics behind it? And starting to look at, look at places to set up. So it was, it was pretty quick once we realized there's some good enthusiasm there. And another uh, thing that happened was we got, we got our second truck. Mm-hmm. We got our bigger trailer that actually has fryers and a hood. And so then we could we could introduce a whole lot more, like our truffle fries and um, steamed clams and uh, clam strips and a lot of those things. And so that also helped us really gauge uh, how popular, you know, um, a broader food is to people in Omaha. So you've got the idea for Sandpoint. You're you're looking for spaces and everything. You know that the lobster roll is going to be on there. There's no question about that. With that kind of as the starting point, how do you build out the rest of the menu and decide what this place is going to offer and what it's going to look like? Uh, well, um, a lot of research, a lot of supplementing my memories with with what does New England cuisine actually look like beyond just what my family cooked or what we went out to eat while we were there. Um, also, you know, I had, Oh, four, four different primary menus, like totally different primary menus that as we looked at different spaces, I'm like, well, this is 
pretty casual. What if we did three kids lobster, just the brick and mortar? Nice, casual, very much, you know, shorts and T-shirt kind of vibe. Um, and then we looked at a space that was really high-end finishes and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, this needs to have a little more elevated to match the atmosphere that we're looking at here. And so it was a lot of tinkering and playing and trying to match the menu to the atmosphere and the cuisine and the, um, the, um, technique level because a whole brand new staff who's never worked with each other before is going to struggle more than a staff who's had some time working together on a line and, and working with that front of house together. So it, with a brand new team, it, takes a different approach in terms of technique and things as well. So trying to match all these disparate pieces to be one cohesive whole that supports the rest. I mean, the bar doesn't stand alone. It, our entire wine list was chosen with our venue in mind. We really directed it to the food and to the pairing. And um, same goes for the cocktail menu. And, you know, everything about... Food comes first for us. The food comes first, and then we build out from there. But I want to back up just a little bit because, Sorry. like, when you no, when you talked about we found this was the lobster roll. Well, we had looked and looked and looked and looked. We looked at building. We looked at everything. But when we walked into the property at Sandpoint, that was it. How did you know? We just knew. All of us knew. Mm-hmm. We walked in and we looked around we, and we said, I can see this. I can see this. We can do this. And so that really uh, impacted the menu. It did. Because seeing that final space, like I was saying, I take the space and I try and create a menu that feels right in that space. You don't want the French laundry in a McDonald's. No. Right. Or the McDonald's in a French laundry. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Very well put. You know, you've, you've got to really put all the pieces together. It needs to be one cohesive whole. And when you have a, one of the aspects of, of that environment not matching the others, you can use that to make something stand out, but it's going to stand out and people are going to have strong feelings about it. Um, and And that can be a good thing or a bad thing so <laughs> carefully choosing what we wanted to stand out and what we wanted to how we wanted to create that whole uh, it, it came together very quickly once we found the space on uh 114th so now on the space itself um bonnie you you talked about you want people to come in and be able to have that ah, mm-hmm. feeling where it's just like for the hour that I'm here or whatever, I'm not worried about work. I'm not worried about the stuff that's outside the restaurant. I'm just having a great meal here. And I think part of that is you mentioned having the the pictures on the wall. That is a very homey feeling and mm-hmm. just like it, it makes you feel at home. What In what other ways can you kind of add that vibe to a restaurant where people just feel like they can come and not have to worry about the stresses that are outside the restaurant for however long that they're there. I think it's totally dependent on our wait staff. They are wonderful. Uh, so that w- you come in, you get greeted, you get sat. 
um, and they take care of you, but they don't hover. They take care of you. They um, do their very best that they can. O- often ask if it's a special of occasion. Often ask if, you know, you have any uh, special dietary things. Uh, and uh, but they just um, take care of you. Just take care of you. Don't ho- and don't hover because we really. I don't like when staff kind of hovers over me. Oh, I, no, no one likes that. Right. I feel like they're trying to rush me out of a table, and we don't ever, we don't ever want people to feel rushed out of the table. Uh, we have very comfortable booths. We uh, keep the um, music level at a place it, that is nice, but you can actually have a conversation. And I have a lot of people who say, this is, it's so nice to be able to come in here, talk with my friends, have a date. Um, and so it's our, it's, don't you think it's our servers? I and our bar. I will say yes. that. And our bar. We have fabulous, fabulous um, specialty cocktails that, and mocktails. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have really nice mocktails that people like, um, and um, and our wine selection. We have more wine by the glass than any place I know of, uh, because we want people to be able to try things without having. You know, we have four house wines, and then you got to buy a bottle. We don't want people to feel that kind of pressure, so they get a chance to experiment and have some fun. Um, I think it's also, for me, I think it's a more holistic answer. I think that the pacing of the food, I think the plating of the food, I think the, the prep and execution of the food plays a role in that. I think that the, the menu and the wine list and the cocktail list, the beers that we have on tap, um, all play an important role in setting that tone. Um, I think it's also the same way we want to have a variety on our menu, having a variety of options in the atmosphere itself. So we're not a sports bar. We're not trying to be a sports bar, but, you know, some people want to have the game on and just kind of keep tabs on what's going on. So we always have um, a college channel on and a, uh, like an ESPN on so that, you know, it's not the focal point of the restaurant by any means, but you've got that there and it's a little bit of entertainment for just relaxing and you're not like, okay, I need to pull out my phone and see what the score is real quick. Um, it's there and it helps to build that environment, uh, using the TVs to, to have slideshows of, Lots of different showcasing pictures. specials and dishes. I love that yeah. you guys do that. So yes. we, yeah. So we've got one slideshow that's all of our drinks and our specials for the week, and then we've got another slideshow that's our entire food menu, and it just rotates through so people can see what these things are instead of just reading the words on the page. A lot of people are so much more visual than that. They connect more when they see hand raised. I, yeah. I love being able to see it and have an mm-hmm. expectation of what I'm ordering. Yeah, and then. You know, you you have these wonderful pictures on the screen and you order, say, the the fried lobster tail entree and it hits your table and it's what's on the TV. Like, I'm very adamant we don't do any 
of the wonderful, wonderful techniques that go into food photography. It's, it really is. I have the kitchen make the dish and I take a picture with my phone. There's not a lot of staging there that we could be doing, but that makes it look unrealistic. I want those pictures to be what's going to hit your table. And so you can really trust that what you're seeing on the TV is what's going to hit the table and you can connect with the food a little more without just wildly guessing, I think maybe I'll like that. It sounds good. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's just all these different pieces coming together. And of course, of course, the front of house staff is an enormous piece of that. Um, whether it's the servers, the bartenders, the, our, um, the management, the whatever, um, whether you're back in the Cape Cod room or out in the, in the main dining room, I want everybody to feel that sense of peace and just space to breathe. So you've got all these memories and connections that go back to New England cuisine. You've spent all this time developing your perfect lobster roll, all this time finding the right space and then curating a menu and a drink menu and a staff that is able to execute on these things. So much work, so much time, so much intentionality. What is it like for you guys? I'm, I'm going to have it here. Opening day was oct uh, October 20th, yep. 2023. What is that day like for you? What do you remember most? Oh, uh... for me, it was like the biggest wedding you could ever imagine preparing for all of the details, all the special details, um, trying to figure out all the technology. There's so much technology in the in the restaurant um, and, you know, just having faith that all the work that we put in was going to was going to come together. It did. Um, but of course there's always, you know, snafus like the hood goes out or which it did. The hood goes out. Um, our sous chef burned herself two days before we opened. Uh, our chef, um, broke his knuckle in his hand that day. I mean, it was oh just, gosh. it was just anything that could happen. Happen. It's, it really is like a wedding when you plan, <laughs> at least in our family, when you plan a wedding, you plan it as best you can, but you just, you just got to go. You just got to be flexible. You just got to go with it. And our customers were wonderful. They were totally wonderful, but it was, it was crazy, wasn't it? Oh yeah. I, I definitely remember <laughs> a certain amount of chaos, um, but it was so exciting and it was mm -hmm. so, such a thrill because like I said, we've been talking about this for like 12 years and it's the culmination of so many dreams mm -hmm. and plans and thoughts and, um, and, and on that first day it was, we have guests here. They came. They're here. <laughs> they actually want what we're given. It's they're happy to be here. They're we have a a just unbelievably good staff. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe how lucky we got with the people that have come to work with us in this in this restaurant. Um, so just top to bottom, we've been incredibly lucky and blessed and everything with the people that we've had around us from day one. It's amazing. Um, well, that's really important to us. 
It's not just the customers. It is everybody who comes through our doors, our staff, our vendors, um, our neighbors, uh, the other restaurants in the area. We uh, really want to create a community, and we really want to contribute to the community. And so our hope for our staff is that everybody who comes in will uh, leave one day in a better place, you know, more skills, more certification. Uh, we really invest in the people who, who work with us. And uh, it's, that's just the way, it's just who we are. It's just who we are. Okay. I, I want to get back to the food real quick. Okay. Yeah. Because I was so impressed when I was doing my research for this podcast. A lot of restaurants, when they say they have a seasonal menu, that typically means we're going to change out maybe five or six things. And when I went and looked through, you guys, you mentioned it, you you opened in October and then you released this winter menu January 1st. I, I came in, I think it was like mid-November or something for my first meal at Sandpoint. And when I was looking through the menu just a couple days ago in preparation for this, it was wildly different. I mean, a ton of different dishes and even some of the same dishes had different menu descriptions because things have been tweaked and altered and everything and i was like they put in the work here they didn't just say oh new seasonal menu two new dishes <laughs> no this was like you can come in and have an entirely different experience mm -hmm. than you did just a couple of weeks ago even what was the thought behind having such an extensive seasonal menu rollout uh you know all credit really goes to marcus jones our chef on that uh he really really felt that it's worth the effort it's worth the the time and the work and and dialing every dish in just perfectly before we get there um he really really felt that it was important to give people that new experience and to continually showcase what our staff can do but also more and more facets of this cuisine and and man he said a a high bar for himself going forward too, um, <laughs> but that's and, you know, also the joy. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. If you're if you're an artist, what chefs are, they're artists with food and taste and smell. Um, I think that that's really fun uh, for him to be able to have the freedom to do that. To have um, his wonderful general manager who stands behind him, uh, which is which is great. And in addition to that, that we really listen to our customers. We listen to what our customers like, what they, what they're asking for that we don't have. Um, and, uh, and try to make that happen. So it's, it's symbiotic. It is absolutely. And like, Kind of what you're driving at here. I was a little taken aback when I saw the new menu he <laughs> he put out. He was and ambitious. I was just like, okay, uh, let's let's talk about this. And we went dish by dish, and he, him, and our sous chef Chloe um, blew it out of the water. It was so incredible. Every dish coming out was just amazing, and I love the menu that we launched with. And I also wrote it, so I'm a little biased. I think this menu is even better, um, and it's it. They they did a wonderful job. Well, go yeah. ahead, highlight a couple things off this menu that if somebody's listening to this, you're just like, 
Marcus crushed this one. You got to go check it out. Oh gosh, for the appetizers, I'm pretty torn between the whole belly clams and the charcuterie board. Oh, the okay. products on that charcuterie board are just unreal good, and it's share some of them. Yes. So our current charcuterie board, which will change from time to time, just as we dial in what we're we're really doing. But uh, right now, it's got burrata, uh, Vermont white cheddar cheese, fig jam. Uh, house-made uh, mustard sauce, um, a red wine and garlic salami, a venison salami, apple and pear elk sausage, co- copa. Um, prosciutto? Prosciutto, I believe, is on there. Gold uh, opal apples, oh, which yes. are opal fabulous. Apples are if you've never wonderful. had an opal apple, they never are. never had an opal apple. So. They are incredible. They are delicious. They look like a yellow delicious, but um, they are its own thing. They're very sweet, and they have a really nice, crisp texture to them. And also, you've got on the menu here house-made focaccia crostinis, which you could have yes. ju- just said house-made focaccia, and I'd be like, whatever else is on there, I don't care. Just give me all the bread. Oh, it's wonderful. Okay. And that's on the and the focaccia is also on the board. Yes, it is. Charcuterie board. Yes, yeah, yes. That, that's what I was bringing up. Okay, so, so. charcuterie board and uh, the whole billy clams. What else? Uh, for the sandwiches, I love our new um, tuna sandwich it's so similar to the old tuna sandwich which everybody knows and loves but it's a different take on it it's on that focaccia we were just talking about um and it's just a little tweak on it but it has a much more elevated presentation and you get that herbed focaccia underneath and it it just changes the whole experience while maintaining basically the same ingredients that were already there um it's open-faced and and just to be clear when when jonathan says tuna sandwich we're not talking like the tuna tuna sandwich yeah that that your mom packed for you this is seared ahi tuna like i I had the original version i haven't had this new version yet but that was legit yes so yeah this is Um, real good tuna chef makes his own everything seasoning to coat it in it's really just a light sear on the outside and then sliced down. So it is very much sushi grade ahi tuna. Uh, it's it's wonderful uh, for our burger. The Welly Burger is the way to go in my book. I love that thing. Not that there's anything wrong with the Stout Burger or They're anything both else, but delicious. the Welly Burger. It's uh, kind of a take on a beef Wellington on a croissant. Bun. It's on a croissant bun. It's got a truffled mushroom duck cell on it. It's got uh, demi-gloss aioli. It's, oh, it's it's so good. Dude, you are killing me right now. We are recording this at like 11 <laughs> o'clock in the morning right before lunch. And, oh, man, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it really is. Isn't it a half-pound steak? Yes. Burger? So it it's is 8-ounce uh, or half-pound Angus steak burger is what we use for the burgers. So, again, going back to it's not just the fish. It's the beef, too. And mm-hmm. it's the burger, too. We're not just yield grocery store ground beef. It's it's a specialty product all on its own right. The flank steak is really delicious. The new For flank the steak. entrees, the new flank steak with the red cabbage couscous and that mustard sauce and the roasted cipollinis. I mean... Oh, it's just wonderful. It's um, winter. It's really a winter dish. You yeah. Know, all those great things together. 
But for me, on the entree menu, um, it's probably the fried lobster tails. Okay. Super weird to be calling that one out because I've never heard of fried lobster before. But, oh my gosh, it is so good. Uh, It is this nice, crispy, fluffy breading around a whole lobster tail. You actually get two whole lobster tails, uh, which is over this wonderful um, mix of kale and Brussels sprouts and, and all these wonderful greens and vegetables. It's a dish that is is definitely worth trying. And it's deep fried. It is deep fried lobster, so... For those of you who are like listening and not watching, I feel sorry for you because like <laughs> I'm just as Jonathan is describing these dishes, like I'm watching him like go to a different place. He's, yes. I mean, I I can tell that you're slightly passionate about food. You you like food a little I bit. I love. I mean, there's a reason I made food my life, my career. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, I love food. I love love food. I could. Uh, uh, man, I'm regretting this because we're we're up against the clock here. I could talk to you guys for so long. I mean, there's just so much more we could get into with this restaurant, with just you, your backgrounds, how this all came to be. But the question that I want to leave you with is we're only four months into Sandpoint. And it's already made a pretty big mark. I mean, it's gotten a lot of buzz in the Omaha community. As you see this restaurant continue to evolve and move forward, what do you see as the future of Sandpoint? Oh, that could be answered in so many ways. Um, you know, there's there's certainly some goals that I'd, I'd like to meet, things like putting in an oyster bar, um, really utilizing our party room more it's got a private bar and it's got 50 seats and all these wonderful things and and trying to get that a little more out front and center but more than anything i think the future of sam point is just continuing to uh crush it um you know make really outstanding food that we are thrilled to be able to offer because we believe in it so much um and continue to have an incredible staff that that supports each other and works cohesively together and and is happy to come to work um and and keep offering that space to more and more people obviously um to create those those memories of their own around this cuisine so that they have their stories to tell about this cuisine just like we do that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of where my mind is for Sandpoint at the moment. What do you think, Bonnie? Um, I think we're going to expand. I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to do an oyster bar. We are probably um, we are going to expand into a patio. Ooh, okay. Um, also, in the future, that's been approved, um, and really want to uh, develop. More and more people in the main dining room, but our Cape Cod room, our event room, is really special. Uh, it would be great to do classes in. Um, uh, companies could use it because we have the technology available there. We also want to do special special wine dinners, pairing uh, with with different things, and even use uh, food with um, some specialized spirits to give people... Um, 
new experiences. Jonathan has talked about wanting to do some some cooking classes. Yeah. And we'd like to partner with our neighbors, uh, the wonderful wine store next door, and do some things with them. We've talked with them. So we just want to expand our friends. You know, we just want to get more people in the doors and, uh, and make people happy. Yeah. Well, if you guys keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get more people in the doors because you're definitely <laughs> making people happy. There's no question about that. Listeners, 114th and Dodge, like I said before, get in here and try this food. And you like so many people when they hear about a place like this, I'll I'll tell someone about it and they'll be like, oh, I don't really like seafood. There's so much more here. Honestly, I I love the lobster roll. Probably after that, my favorite thing that I've had here would be the beef trips, the Mm -hmm. beef Beef tips tips. and the truffled corn sauce. Mm -hmm. Trip over saying that, but you can get beef, you can get pasta, you can get chicken. I mean, there are so many different ways that you can go here. This is an awesome restaurant. You've heard these two for the last hour talk about their memories, their passion, how much they've put into this. They are not half-assing it in any way, shape, or form. I can confirm that. Bonnie and John, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. This was a true pleasure getting a chat with you. Thank you so much. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.